Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the sixth Sunday of Easter for the week of May 9th, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because, whew, this is another, I feel like, doozy of a week, especially with where we're going to be going this week. But I think it's also kind of that building upon what we talked about last week really well, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But I think it's also just that weird part of the year, at least that I kind of feel, is May is a month, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, where there's a lot of change. You have the change in the weather that's starting to flip, and you get that sense of spring that's hopefully by the end of the month getting more into what you're expecting of early summer to look like. But you also then have the end to a lot of like school years happening, end of college years, and just how that type of shift, where we start to shift into a summer mode, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, shifts how we look at things, shifts how we perceive things, shifts how we are handling things. And when we look at last week when we were talking about Jesus and comparing us within the vineyard and talking about the pruning that goes on with that, it will fit interestingly well to where we're going this week. So I've referenced it enough. Let's look at what was the Twitter question from last week, which was, where do you need to let the new growth grow? And where do you need to let the old growth die and be pruned? And it's one of those deep reflection questions. And I got some answers back this week kind of talking about some of that in regards to like allowing yourself to be able to say no, allowing yourself to be able to grow, to understand what you can and cannot do, allowing yourself to understand that you continue to change and grow as you go through life. I think that's one of the things that is really interesting with most of us when we finish high school, if you were an athlete, that a lot of those athletic things that we did end fairly soon after that. Most of us are not going to be professional athletes. Some of us might go on to participate in college, but then again, after college, there's a drop off of even more people. And again, it kind of gets into that question of making sure that your identity isn't wrapped up into that, but also the idea that we are consistently being pruned and changed and molded into the people who God's wanting us to be. And it's understanding and realizing that we have gifts for sometimes for a season and sometimes for a lifetime. And sometimes it's hard for us to be able to know the difference between those. So that's kind of an interesting, fun thing to be able to think about. And as you'll see, it kind of flows a little bit into where we'll go this week. So let's just jump right into it. The first reading this week is out of Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. So we have to preface this by stating that Peter has been on this nice long rant discussing and talking about what God is intending and looking forward to doing. And it's almost as if God gets frustrated with this long sermon vent from Peter and says, okay, fine. And so the Holy Spirit gets descended upon the people and Peter kind of takes it fairly well and realizes that nothing can behold what God is doing. And so in that, it means that nothing can stop God from doing what God wants to do. So let them all be baptized 
in the name of Jesus Christ. And so this kind of fun, interesting thing of realizing that we are just part of God's plan. We are just part of what the vast scope of what is going on actually is. The psalm this week is Psalm 98, all nine verses of it. This is a wonderful, glorious praise psalm, and it's recognizing the beauty and the power of what God has done and realizing and looking at giving praise to God and how in all these different ways we can make sure that we're giving praise and how the world, the earth, naturally is doing these acclamations of praise to God. And it fits really well with where we'll go this week with the science tie-in, but it's also just recognizing how much the earth naturally, if we allow ourselves to see it as making joyful noises to the Lord, the earth is already doing that. And so it kind of turns it back inward on us and how are we doing that? The second reading is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. This continues that train that we have been on with 1 John and continuing to understand this relationship that God has with us and the love that God does have for us. But now kind of flipping it a little bit on to us with this idea that if God loves us this much and thus then we love God, then we need to make sure that we are not seeing commandments and these things that God is laying down for us as a burden, but more as something that is us being able to give back and show our appreciation and our love toward God. And again, we're getting this reminder of how Christ was body like us and poured out blood like us to testify to this relationship, testify to this love that is had for us, and that the Spirit now is coming into us to help testify to that truth, being able to be spoken out to others. The Gospel text this week is out of John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. So this is part of the farewell discord or kind of the last section here of what Jesus is speaking to us before the ascension, which we'll have next week. And Jesus gets into this really interesting discussion, I feel like, and it ends with what we kind of understand fairly well, that we have these different fruits and that we should do that, but it kind of ends on 17 with saying, I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. This idea of that each of us having different gifts, but that we then need to embrace them and love each other for that. But what's really interesting in this text starts right at the beginning. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you can keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Getting this idea of abide, and as we dig deeper into this, that Jesus called them, but they are no longer servants but friends because of how close that they have gotten. And this really beautiful passage, you can tell kind of more directed to the initial disciples, but also us on this part of it, that as long as we are abiding and spending time with the Lord, that this is not just this servant to master relationship. This is friend to 
our father, someone that we look up to and admire, but also that they see us as this close inner circle that we can be part of as long as we are continuing to work and build that relationship. So before we jump into how faith and science come together in these texts, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help you bring you this podcast, but I have also been supplementing that with Vanderbilt's Revised Common Lectionary, which has some great resources in and of themselves. I personally think it's a little bit easier to look at the text and look at all the text together, but also they have some great additional art resources to be able to kind of, how has other artists looked at these and brought these texts to life from all around the globe? So if you're interested in either of those, I'd highly recommend checking out workingpreacher.org or lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu. Abide. It's a word we don't use a lot. I don't know about you. I, I definitely don't use it probably even on my monthly vocabulary basis. But it's a word that invokes trust, invokes being able to work with being close with each other. And especially when these texts on how we have an Acts reading going through and talking about how God imposes God's will sometimes when we're being stubborn. The psalmist realizing in Psalm 98 how we need to be listening and tune in to hearing what praises are being sung. And First John reminding us if this is this loving relationship, that then we need to make sure that we're also sacrificing something in return. But Jesus then comes back with this abide, so that we may love one another, that we must abide with him, that we may love one another. Who is one another? As humans, I know one of the things that we, I would say, wrestle with is the concept of one another is one another to human to human. And there's times in our past we've even struggled to get to that point. But I want and almost wish that one of the texts this week was going back to Genesis and reminding us that the beginnings of what we were doing as the gardener was naming all these different animals and that we were abiding with them. It's the overlooked part in our world. And a lot of times, we separate our ecosystem from the rest of the ecosystem and somehow think that's okay. And yet, we abide with it more than we realize. We are dependent upon it more than we realize. And like the psalmist reminds us, it sings praises. How well do we sing its praises? I found a study that was done nearly 15 years ago. And they were estimating that insects themselves deliver $57 billion just to the United States of America a year. That was 15 years ago, and there hasn't been, what I can see, an updated study on this. And this is just looking at, yes, a large country, but one country that it was affecting our economy to the tune of $57 billion. Taking that a step further, out of bioscience in April 2006, and looking purely at 
pest control, they were figuring that roughly just having insects involved was suppressing pests by 33%, which would attribute to $4.5 billion annually, 33% of $13.6 billion in just purely pest control. We forget about that insects are also great pollinators and we depend upon them for a lot of our fruits and vegetables to be able to be pollinated, to be able to grow. Another article, and I know this is not like a highly scientific source, but coming out of Vice, estimating that the rainforest as of 2018, the end of 2018, the estimated value is $8.2 billion in revenue in the economy. And the article digs into how the president of Brazil at that moment, and I would argue still, is so worried about short-term gains and overlooking the long-term possibilities. And this article gets into how, especially with sustainable resourcing and different things of like that nature, that it could then potentially provide for Brazil. And this isn't taking a look and when he's going into this article, talking about the benefits that are hard to account for, such as that 10% of the world's CO2 is being filtered through the Amazon rainforest. How do you measure that? I found this really interesting, and I'm going to read this from the World Wildlife Foundation. And I just soak this in a little bit. Why it's important that we value nature. The natural world is an incredible wonder that inspires us all. It underpins our economy, our society, indeed, our very existence. Our forests, rivers, oceans, and soils provide us with the food we eat, the air we breathe, the water we irrigate our crops with. We also rely on them for numerous other goods and services we depend on for our health, happiness, and prosperity. These natural assets are often called the world's natural capital. These benefits are also hugely important to our economy, from farming and forestry to leisure and tourism. If you add them all up and total the value of these benefits, it's phenomenal. At least $125 trillion USD every year. And they continue on. 125 trillion USD. When we think about that, what benefit does nature get from that? How well are we abiding with that part of one another? This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verses 12 through 14, direct quotes from Jesus. What hits the heart of this is when I look at the world around us and our natural brothers and sisters. The natural world has been doing this for so long. For the love of us, they've laid down and given up land. As we've pushed them further into different corners, as we've overlooked them time and time again, and yet they still continue to work to make it so that we have a habitable place for us. 
And as we push that boundary, the question becomes, at what point do we realize what the natural world, the natural capital is doing for us? At what point do we recognize and appreciate it? At what point do we realize, going back to last week, that some of the things that we've gotten accustomed to doing don't help that part of one another? That we've ca- it continues to cause damage and make it harder And like we've gotten out of some of the responses to our Twitter question last week, at what point do we just say no? It's so easy to overlook those who don't have a strong voice. It's so easy for us to overlook and take advantage of those who we take their work for granted. How do we make sure that we're showing love to them? When have we stopped and to appreciate the waves crashing And seeing that as songs of praise, not purely potential energy. Let the floods clap their hands. At what point do we recognize floods being a joyful thing instead of just an insurance claim? When do we realize that some of these things that maybe we see as a disturbance are maybe their way of trying to show their appreciation to God? Are we impeding upon the Holy Spirit within not only us, but nature itself? Have we for so long been purely focused on us that we are overlooking the Holy Spirit outside of us? And us, in this case, being human beings? It's interesting that when you think about it that way and start putting it into these broader contexts outside of the human experience, when you look at the commandments that we get in the Old Testament, commandments 9 and 10 talking about coveting. Have we coveted our world to death or on the edge of it? That we're coveting things that the natural world can bring us and so we take it? These are the hard discussions on where we're at. Are we like Peter just clamoring on and because we're clamoring on, we aren't allowing the Holy Spirit to come into the place. Or that when the Holy Spirit comes into the place, we don't want to acknowledge it. Because even Peter realizes that you have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit when it makes its entrance. The value that we get day in, day out from plants, from water, from the natural world is uncomprehensible. Because I don't know about you, but just hearing a number of 125 trillion USD annually. I can't wrap my head around that. At what point do we start to recognize and realize and appreciate some of the things that are freely given? At what point do we recognize and appreciate those things so much that we just don't take? These are questions we have to be able to look ourselves in the mirror and deal with. And they're not easy answers because I know for my sake, I look at myself in the mirror and some of these I don't answer well either. Being an American, I know there's things that I consume more than I need. And in that, is it that I don't love and appreciate things that are outside of the human existence? Is it that I haven't spent enough time Truly thinking about these processes, truly thinking about the damage and the underappreciation that I'm sometimes causing some of these things. We're used to a world, at least where I am, of devaluing that stuff, of underappreciating. And the thought of really going through and, and calculating 
how much our impact is not only on the globe but on the rest of the world as a whole is bigger than we want to admit. And the question becomes then, especially coming from a first world nation, is how much am I not only showing love to my other brothers and sisters who have not been blessed in the same way as me, but how well am I actually then showing love to those who physically can't speak to me and maybe speak in a different tongue, maybe speak in the tongue of the wind rustling them, maybe speak in the tongue of different birds singing. Maybe speak in the tongue of the crashing ocean on the, the shores of the land. Maybe speak in the tongue of the cracks in the icebergs. How well am I actually tuning in to be able to hear and understand those tongues? How well are we tuned in to the noise outside of us? That's your Twitter question this week. How well are you tuned in to the noise outside of us? us being defined as human beings. How well are you tuned in? How well are you tuned into the tongues outside of the human tongue? Would be another way of phrasing it. Because I think if we're being truly honest, that's a spot we really need to work on. All of us. And I think it's one of these messages as this Jin Jesus' farewell discord, I don't think was supposed to be easy. Yes, he calls us friends. That we have gotten close enough with him but realize that he's also commissioning them to go out, that the work is not done. Just because I'm no longer here, the work still continues. It's understanding that we have that close relationship with God, and if God is the creator, then why wouldn't we take the time to appreciate that? Why wouldn't we take the time to start to try to understand the other parts of his creation that he probably treasures similarly to us, still sees the beauty in what God created? Why do we put so much value upon ourselves and not enough value upon the other things that God created in stating that we still love God? I love you, God, but I don't like anything that's in your house. I don't like anything that helps define who your character is. But I really like you. Sounds like a pretty shallow friend to me. I don't like your hobbies. I don't like things that you do. But you seem pretty neat, so I like hanging around. You do things for me, so that's helpful. We have to be able to look ourselves in the mirror and go through these hard questions. So yes, I would argue that one another is not necessarily just of the human construction. And I think when we look at this, it may be a Sunday or maybe a time to go outside and appreciate what you've been given. The fresh air, to breathe, Because you don't create oxygen, you create carbon dioxide. And one simple way is the grass and anything green practically around you is helping create air for you to breathe. And it does it for free, and all it asks is for a little appreciation, a little watering, taken care of, and sometimes we forget that. So my hope and my prayer is that this week we're a little bit more observant. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.